Hungry for change in your life? Feed your ambition with Board Bia Talent Academy's Insights and Innovation Program. Get some incredible food for thought with a fully funded master's from DCU Business School. Learn from world-class innovators with placements in Irish food, drink and horticulture companies. And do it all while bringing home the bacon with a generous monthly bursary. Sound like your cup of tea? Nourish your career prospects by visiting boardbia.ie forward slash talent academy. Applications closing soon. Are you feeling lucky this St. Patrick's Day? Easy Living Furniture has a pot of gold waiting for you with absolutely everything reduced across sofa, dining, bedroom, mattress and accessories. Get the three-seater dark grey Harper sofa for only 459 Donut 240cm dining table for only 289 and much more. Don't miss out on these lucky savings at Easy Living Furniture. Find your local store online at easylivingfurniture.ie Today on the Indo Daily, Christmas movies, the good, the bad, and the weird. I'm up here, you morons! Come and get me! <laughs> you guys give up, or you're thirsty for more? Christmas is just about upon us, so it's time for some seasonal escapism as we consider the humble, festive art form that is the Christmas movie. What the Sam Hill you yelling for, George? You... George... Bert, you know me? From heartwarming family classics to terrible turkeys to downright weird Christmas cinema, there truly is something for everyone on the big and small screen. But are the days of the family gathering around the TV and going through the schedule gone for good? I'm here to see a Walter Hobbs. I'm Buddy the Elf. I'm Fiannan Sheehan, and today on the Indo Daily, I'm joined by Dee Malumbi, features journalist with the Irish Independent, and Dave Hanratty, also of the Irish Independent, to get into the Christmas spirit, celluloid style. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Okay, it's the most wonderful time of the year. D, why is it the most wonderful time of the year for a movie buff and what's so great about it? I think that everybody has their go-to Christmas movies that they will watch, you know, year in and year out, uh, be it a film like Home Alone, uh, Muppet Christmas Carol, Elf, uh, maybe something a bit more classical like Santa Claus the movie. They have their go-to movies that they'll always watch. Now, we're kind of living in an interesting time where... All of these movies are going to be available on different streaming services, but I think that most households you're going to find they like going to their oldies when it comes to this time of year. Dave, there's also there's kind of entries into the list which provoke debate about whether or not they're Christmas movies. Now, I'm not talking about films that are always on at Christmas. Casablanca, The Great Escape, some like that. They're unrelated to Christmas, but yet we have a festive feel about them because they're on at that time of the year. I'm talking about the definitive Christmas movie, which is not actually a Christmas movie. Die Hard. It's Christmas. It's a time of miracles, so be of good cheer. Only John can drive somebody that crazy. Get ready to jingle some bells. It's time for the Die Hard debate, is it? Yeah. Uh, th- we've beaten this debate into submission, but I-, I don't understand why... First of all, yes, it is the definitive Christmas movie. Why is this even a debate anymore? If you go through you know, the film itself in terms of a narrative, conventional structure, it takes place on Christmas Eve takes place at a Christmas party. Uh, he uses the phrase ho, ho, ho when he draws it on a dead villain that he has taken out in violent fashion. Ho, ho, ho. 
Um, what else? You got Christmas music. You got a hip hop Christmas song that kicks off the movie as the opening credits roll. Uh, the music score for the film includes sleigh bells as well. And uh, at the end of the movie, spoilers for a film from you know many many years ago that you should have seen by now. Uh, he defeats the evil bad guy with assistance from Christmas themed sticky tape. So why is this even a debate? I don't know why it's a debate at all. It is a definitive Christmas film. It's the greatest Christmas film. We all love it. Let's all move on. And Die Hard Two, of course, rounds up with Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow. And again, it's there's a slightly festive feel about that, but they could get away with with Thanksgiving uh, as as well. Probably there, there are action movies, and are the directors deliberately slipping in a bit of Christmas in there just to get them out in the Christmas market? Uh, some cases are interesting. So Shane Black, who is uh, infamous, if you're a movie buff, he's infamous in terms of these kind of wry, very violent, very clever action movies, very knowing, very meta. So he tends to pack a Christmas theme into almost everything that he's ever done. So Lethal Weapon, which he wrote, uh, includes a shootout early on amongst some Christmas trees, very memorable you know, drug bust scene there with, with Detective Riggs doing his thing. The Long Kiss Goodnight, which is a Samuel L. Jackson, Gina Davis action movie from the 90s set over Christmas. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which I would argue is actually massively important in the Robert Downey Jr. Renaissance story. It comes pre-Iron Man. That uh, kicks off at a Christmas party. Uh, he's robbing a store at Christmas as well at the start of that movie. What else you got? The Nice Guys, an amazing film with Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling that not enough people saw, concludes at Christmas. They're in a bar drowning their sorrows, Christmas decorations in the background. And Shane Black, who directed Iron Man 3, even got a Christmas tree into Tony Stark's mansion. So I enjoy when directors and writers crowbar in their love of Christmas into otherwise un-Christmassy movies because we get to tech technically say that Iron Man 3 is a Christmas movie. It's got snow in it. What more do you want? Are we getting old, sentimental and melancholic D or has there been no good Christmas movies for about 20 years? I would argue there has been no good Christmas movies for about 20 years, or at least there hasn't been a definitive uh, Christmas classic. So what's interesting about 2023 is this marks the 20th anniversary of not one, but two kind of what have been, you know, uh, widely accepted as stalwart Christmas classics, which would be um, Love Actually and Elf. And I would argue Elf... Naughty and nice there, yeah. (laughs) I would argue Elf even more so than Love Actually. Like for me, what I would define as kind of a good Christmas movie or like a Christmas Christmas classic movie, if you will, is a film that you can put on the TV and everyone around the family. So from granny to, you know, the little kids to, you know, the adults in between who are probably, you know, making the Christmas dinner in the background can, you know, sit down together and watch and enjoy it. Um, And it just has that cozy feel. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Santa here? I know him. I know him. That family appeal, I think, is absolutely uh, crucial. While we have had plenty of Christmas movies, of course, in the last 20 years, I don't think there are as many that are kind of, I suppose, appeal across the generations as something like Elfwood or some of the classics there, like we've discussed, like uh, Home Alone. Uh, Die Hard probably for the slightly older (laughs) households, uh, which don't um, involve little kiddies. And you get you get so few original Christmas movies anymore. I mean, they're pretty much rehashing the same, you know, tried and tested formula again and again. And often as you watch, you know, these, you know, newer Christmas movies, you just think, oh, this reminds me of insert Christmas classic title here. So there's nothing really kind of that original anymore. Okay, let's have the dysfunctional family Christmas row then. <laughs> Love actually, would it be made nowadays? I mean, there are comments about the size of Martin McCutcheon's 
posterior. Constantly. Uh, there are uh, completely inappropriate relationships between the Prime Minister and his secretary, uh, the head of a charity and his uh, his personal assistant, uh, an author and his maid. There's basically a stalking scene where Kira Knightley has, has got your man from The Waking Dead basically... Um, uh, like basically in love with her even though he's she's married to his best friend. You don't like me. I hope it's useful. Don't show it around too much. It needs a bit of editing. Would this be appropriate in a Me Too era? It probably wouldn't be, but I mean, you could say that about how many movies, like you go to like the John Hughes classics and how many films people kind of watch and just have to, I suppose, ignore in the back of their heads. And what's great about Love Actually is the fact that it has so many storylines. I think that anybody can watch that movie and relate to, you know, some part of it, whether it's, you know, the little kids experiencing their first love, that has a great charm to it. Um, There's the manager and the singer who have their kind of little um, buddy romance going on as well. Um, There's a lot of charm to that movie, I think. and, and, you know, great, uh, great actors and great appeal to it still. Plot lines kind of more or less link up towards the end. Ish, yeah, yeah. But I mean, there's and there's a lot of humour to it still. I think that you can still watch it and kind of laugh out loud as well as be charmed by it. Now, uh, the, in the good old days, Christmas classics were, were, were churned out in the, in, the, in the 40s and 50s. And one that, that stands out in that time is It's a Wonderful Life. Get me back. I don't care what happens to me. Get me back to my wife and kids. Help me, Clarence, please. Please. I want to live again. I want to live again. Which is basically a a, a kind of an adaptation of A Christmas Carol. You have the Scrooge-like figure. You have the the, the main protagonist seeing past, present, the future. You swap um, Bob Cratchit for for George Bailey and away you go. There's a sick kid, the whole lot. In this day and age, are we too sensitive to it, though, that ultimately George Bailey wants to take his life and therefore people kind of see it as an inappropriate uh, plot? Yeah, I'm not sure if it's so much inappropriate as it, it's interesting. I've seen that the, this kind of new wave of people who are anti It's a Wonderful Life online and talking about how it's so anti the American dream in a way, because essentially It's a Wonderful Life is about how George Bailey can never get anything that he wants and that he has to constantly sacrifice himself for the greater good, which I don't think is really a message that um, the younger generation of people like to take to heart. I think that they're much more um, inclined towards, you know, pursuing their dreams and, you know, doing everything that it takes to get exactly what they want. Um, So, But it's also Frank Capra pushing back against the the, the capitalism yeah. of, of, of Mr. Potter and the self-centered uh, nature of society and basically saying, if we all come together, it'll all be fine. That's what Christmas is all about. Yeah, but at the same time, we are living in a very kind of capitalist world and self-driven world. And the people who make the money and who are happiest are those who are kind of, you know, looking out for numero uno. So I do think that there's kind of an interesting, I suppose, two interpretations you can see from that film. And I mean, in the end of it, and Wonderful Life, of course, the fact that George Bailey has made all of these sacrifices, they do kind of come full circle in that then everybody kind of gives back to him. But does that really happen in the real world? If you constantly, you know, uh, sacrifice yourself and make all of these, you know, commitments for your family, etc., is it really going to come back around to you? Now, that's my very cynical view, but I'm not the only one who feels that way. It's the poster, though. It's like people are happy because they see the poster. They know they're going to get a happy ending. I went to to see a David Lynch film, Lost Highway, 
which is great. Not a Christmas movie, by the way. Last Christmas was showing in the cinema. Went to see it. There was no staff around. Presumably they're at the Christmas party. Good for them. And I went to walk into the cinema at the time that was supposed to be on. And I guess there'd been an overlap. And I walked into the last scene of It's a Wonderful Life. And of course, everyone was looking around at me being like, what the hell is this guy doing here? And I'm like, I'm here for the David Lynch movie. But it was a very surreal juxtaposition. But I did see an awful lot of different generations going to that film. People are still flocking in their droves to see It's a Wonderful Life at Christmas. And if I could actually pull it back to some of the ones that we've mentioned there, Elf, maybe I'm that guy, but I don't understand the appeal of that movie at all. I, I was allergic to it for a long time when I finally got to it on DVD, uh, switched off halfway through. Will Ferrell, for me, is kind of the definition, the living embodiment of the a joke is only as funny the second time you hear it. And in that case, it was um, the first time was too much for me. But Love Actually, I can't, I can't, I, I can't let this drop. I, we can't move on without, without honing in on this completely bonkers Christmas movie. This is a film that opens up with Hugh Grant's beloved cartoon character, the Prime Minister. I guess he's a Tony Blair analogue, but lovable. Uh, opening with an opening monologue about 9-11. When the planes hit the Twin Towers, as far as I know, none of the phone calls from the people on board were messages of hate or revenge. They were all messages of love. If you look for it, I've got a sneaky feeling you'll find that love actually is all around. One of the worst terrorist attacks in recorded history, and he's trying to weave it into the maudlin. You mentioned the Andrew Lincoln character and the Keira Knightley scene where he shows up with the Bob Dylan cue cards to betray his best friend. And also, she's kind of into it, which I do to not... Me, you are perfect. Yes, there you go. I mean, who wouldn't be taken by such an outlandish move? But no, it's also 136 minutes long. Liam Neeson's character has a weird relationship with his son. Uh, you have to have a map to follow all the plot lines. Liam Neeson has a weird relationship with his son. He's pushing. He's like he's trying to get his son to hook up with someone. The kid's like twelve. It's weird. Not to hook up with someone. It's first love. No, 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 no. This film is. But people love it. People love it. (laughs) D again. There are various genres of um, of Christmas movies. There's the old time classics we have to throw in White Christmas there as well Bing Crosby that the, the song from Irving Berlin uh, survives to 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 this day there was a particular formula back then it was about singing and, and dancing and, and a wholesome kind of story uh, you've, we've got the Christmas action movies we've got the Christmas movies that are aimed at kids but actually the adults can can join in uh, uh, as, as well we've got the romance Christmas movies and yet despite the fact we've got Loads of Hollywood production companies on layered on top by streaming services that are commissioning their own movies. Why are there no decent new Christmas movies? What What's the new formula that needs to be put together? Oh, a new formula. Um, I don't know if there necessarily needs to be a new formula because I think that part of the appeal of Christmas and the idea of that holiday is that... Um, is kind of going back to roots. So the whole idea of Christmas being orientated around something as basic as food, as basic as family. So I don't think that we necessarily need a new formula to make new Christmas movies because I I don't think that's really the answer. For me anyway, I think the answer is going back to the classics and making them widely available. Does it matter anymore what's on TV or will family members gathering around uh, a TV and an open fire and leftover turkey and Brussels sprouts, is that now all about 
streaming that or you, you can basically get whatever you want and it's all out there. It's kind of hard to say on an international ba- uh, basis, but I think for a national basis anyway, you look at the popularity of the RT Christmas Guide year in, year out. That's still so huge. And I think that that's because people go in and they highlight, you know, all of their Christmas movies and they're very strict of like, this is what we're watching Christmas Eve. This is what we're watching Christmas Day. This is what we're watching Stephen's Day. So I do think that there is still a tradition of watching movies on terrestrial TV. Whether that's going to last, we're going to have to see, I suppose. Now, of course, we left out another genre that you brought it in there for a moment. There's the men behaving badly genre, which is Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jingle All the Way, uh, Danny DeVito and Matthew Broderick in Deck the Halls. Deck the Halls. Bad Santa uh, is a huge Bad one. Bad Santa yeah. was, was, was in there. Uh, and of course, Tim Allen in The Santa Claus. So they're, they're kind of the, the macho man Christmas movies. Okay, we're going to decide the greatest Christmas movie of all time and the worst Christmas movie of all time. So, entirely democratic process, three nominations. D, your top three Christmas movies. Oh, I've mentioned them a few times here, but I absolutely do love Elf. I love Muppet Christmas Carol. I think it is the perfect interpretation of Charles Dickens' uh, Christmas classic. I just think nothing can top it. I don't know how they made it work so well. Michael Caine is screwed and throwing Muppets into the mix. But for me, it is totally perfect and just so sweet and absolutely gorgeous movie. And the worst of the worst. The most hated and cursed is the one that we call Scrooge. Unkind as any. And the wrath of many. This is Ebenezer Scrooge. And I do have a soft spot for the Santa Claus starring Tim Allen. I just love the kind of idea of this divorced dad ends up kind of going through this retribution narrative by becoming Santa Claus. It is this bizarre concept, but it works. Uh, You mentioned Jingle All the Way there, which I'm not going to pick because that film is completely insane. (laughs) <laughs> these, these guys are looking for a turbo man? A gentleman <laughs> dog, yes. <laughs> like, like, the entire plot of that film is, 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 is a great plot. You know, let's stress Ernie out to the max. But, like, there's a subplot of his neighbor trying to have an affair with his wife. There's no one commenting on the fact that this giant Austrian hulking man is living in a wonderful small town American village. And, uh, like, it's, it's, it's too baffling for me. So I will pick instead, uh, for the best corner, I would say, you have to have Home Alone. Like, it is genuinely great. It is generation-spanning, and it works perfectly. The sequel is where it gets into weird, murky territory where he's hooking bricks off buildings and trying to kill people, which is bad behavior, and Donald Trump's in it. Uh, You also have to have Die Hard, because I know, I know it's the biggest cliche in the world, but it is perfect. It does its job perfectly, and he learns a lesson. That's what Christmas is all about. He learns a lesson. It's a happy ending. You know there is no way on earth that you're going to leave here tonight without taking me with you. Come on, buddy. Give me a prank. I'll tell you what. I've already got... Well, my number one Christmas movie is uh, a bit off-kilter, perhaps, but uh, it's the film that basically wrecked Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman's marriage. It's Stanley Kubrick's overlooked masterpiece, Eyes Wide Shut, which is all about male existential crisis. It's a psychosexual drama. It's got murder. It's got mayhem. And... It's <laughs> <laughs> real Christmas fair, Dave, yeah. It is. I went to see Somehow it. Somehow I don't think that's going to gonna make I saw I saw Eyes Wide Shut in the cinema as part of a Christmas movie season last year with my friends, and everyone was laughing. It turns out it's actually a great dark comedy. It's an excellent film. Eyes wide shut, guys. Check it out. Okay, I'm I'm gonna go not with with Dave's uh, selections here. I'm going with It's a Wonderful Life. 
Uh, I'm, I'm sticking with that, that despite these protests there. And I'm also going with uh, another old uh, classic, Miracle on 34th Street, the original, not the not the second one, uh, the remake of about 20 years ago. And I'm also going to go with, because it is very charming and it appeals to many people ac- across the board, is the Muppets Christmas Carol. And to beg you to share my day. So, Dave, we have two votes for the Muppets Christmas Carol. We have only one for Eyes Wide Shut, so therefore the Muppets Christmas Carol uh, is the winner. We get one vote for your Christmas turkey, the worst Christmas movie of all. I actually got slated when I gave this a bad review um, online a few years ago, but I really loathe Christmas Chronicles with Kurt Russell as Santa Claus. I just found it so unappealing. The kids were extremely irritating, not charming at all. And I just found it too cynical and grumpy and completely devoid of any kind of humour or charm. I, I loathe that movie. So sorry, because I do know that, in fairness, there are quite a few fans of that movie out there. Apparently, it is like one of the more popular Netflix Christmas original movies, but I, I don't like it at all. One, one to miss. Dave? A uh, recent one as well. Amelia Clark is in this one, Game of Thrones, Amelia Clark. It's called Last Christmas. It came yes, out a few years ago. It came out a few years ago. And again, you talk about the weird Christmas movie. This one's absolutely off the wall. Um, if you know the song by Wham, the wonderful Christmas song by Wham. Did you follow me here? Are elves always so cynical? Yes, relentlessly. These are dark times. I'm Tom. Kate? The wonderful Christmas song by Wham. This film is based on the song. So going in with that knowledge and also paying attention to your surroundings, listener, I want to know how long it takes you to figure out the twist. Took me 15 minutes, but I persevered for the rest of the movie and it is terrible. Last Christmas has got a really good video with the, the original Wham, which is actually better than the awful movie that was made about it uh, 25 odd, odd years ago. You there. do get to hear the song, so at least there's some bonus in there. Yeah, I'm, I'm sticking down Love Actually as my uh, worst Christmas movie of all time. So there we go. We have no consensus there whatsoever on, on what... Muppet what, Christmas what Carol, I'm happy to throw my, like, like move my vote along to support that one because it does the job very well. Mike Kane is great in it. It has a great ending. And again, you know, you're seeing, like, like you're seeing this massive spike in cinema. Like, the, the Stevens Week is one of the busiest weeks of the year for people going to the movies. Everyone wants to get out of their house and this is a safe bet for everybody. It's very enjoyable. So the Muppets can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Okay. Okay, Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. Happy Christmas, sir. And my thanks to Dee Malumbi and to Dave Hanratty. I'm Fionn Sheehan, and today's episode of the Indo-Daily was produced by Ian Doyle, researched by Dave Hanratty, with sound by John Smith. Archive clips from 20th Century Fox, Paramount Pictures, Studio Canal, and Disney. And if you enjoy the Indo-Daily, don't forget to like, follow, and leave us a review. Hungry for change in your life? Feed your ambition with Board Bia Talent Academy's Insights and Innovation Program. Get some incredible food for thought with a fully funded master's from DCU Business School. Learn from world-class innovators with placements in Irish food, drink and horticulture companies. And do it all while bringing home the bacon with a generous monthly bursary. Sound like your cup of tea? Nourish your career prospects by visiting boardbia.ie forward slash talent academy. Applications closing soon.